Listen, guys, a fabulous young crop oh, of guys. I mean, you know, I think we gotta look elsewhere. We've gotta look for the divine. And under the, the current structure. Fluid type football, main fisting. What about the extra monies? When I hear this, guys, it just makes me sick. Male GAA, they're, they're just completely genderfied right now. They're, they're so mainstream, it's disgusting. They need to go back, you know, they need to yeah. become a bit more hipster. They need I to think. go back to their gender fluid ways in 96. Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. Howie lads, Con Mort here, Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say, uh, Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un, and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do? Pope Francis here. Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello there, folks, and it's a very big how-do to you. The Mayo are back loyalists and diaspora dotted right across the planet Earth and further afield. You're very, very welcome to the Mayo are back podcast. It's season seven, episode nine. And honestly, it's a joy and a privilege to be here this evening. We're in the inbred shed and we're here to talk all things Mayo GEA, the good, the bad and the ugly. I'm here with somebody who needs no introduction because he's always here. We're nearly sick of him at this stage. But I'm also here with somebody who you haven't heard for a little while. Somebody who's back from their holidays and back with a bang, I believe he will be today. It's the one and only Patsy Broderick. Patsy, how do? How do to you all? It's very good to be back. It's very good to be here. I've uh, spent some time now over beyond and uh, yeah, it's good to be here now back uh, back once again back at it. It's great to hear your dulcet tones, uh, Patsy. It's great to have you back. It's been a long time since you've been on the podcast here with us. It truly is a very special equation to, to steal a term from my good friend sitting beside me here. Um, we're in good form, folks. It's great to be here. We are all but through now to the next stage of the All-Ireland uh, Sugar Sweet 16s uh, after that absolutely pulsating win over Louth at uh, Park Sean Elvery's McHale on Sunday. I believe the plan would be to preview that game in great detail this evening and to talk about everything that happened, seeing as we didn't get a chance to do it on our last podcast, which of course was so busy. And then we might, if we get time at the end, have a little look at Mayo's next game, which of course is against Cork uh, in two weeks' time. I didn't go to the game myself, guys. Um, you know, I've... Uh, I haven't been to many Mayo games this year, but I did have the privilege of listening to the game on the radio with uh, Martin Kearney and Michael D. McAndroid. And I must say, guys, I would uh, tell any Mayo supporter out there to not go to a game and listen to those guys instead, because it was far more enjoyable. Yes, they are a fabulous way to enjoy the game. They really are a tremendous pairing. And we must give, I suppose, all credit to Manifesto Kearney for some of his Wonderful lines he came out with on the radio the last day. Would I be correct in saying that he he referenced Audio Shea as being like an octopus on speed? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting one. And my one in particular that I really did enjoy was when he referred to the first half of the Loud and Mayo game as an orgy of fisting or an orgy of hand passing. 
but but an orgy of fisting is probably a quite an accurate way to describe it from my vantage point in the stand I actually did go to this game unlike you two I thought there was yeah there was a really, really wonderful style of play from this Mayo team. Fisting over and back laterally across the field. It was like the Mayo team of old in times of yore. And it was just fabulous to see such a fist-first approach, a style employed by Kevin McShay's charges. And I know they've come in for a lot of uh, a lot of cr- cricketism over the last few days in terms of how that game ended up going. But I, for one in particular, thought it was absolutely fabulous. Well, I wasn't at the game now. And I had no intention of going to the game either, given that our own Oshin Mullen wasn't at the game. And I've spent the last six months down in Austral trying to track the man down and trying to get him back. I even grew a moustache to try and coax him back to our team. But alas, I've been since served with a restraining order and now I'm back on Irish soil. Not all of my endeavours uh, were wasted. I managed to break one of the Kelly sisters' arms with my snake-like charms from the grandstand Um, so hopefully we'll have her back now soon but yeah I've absolutely no intention of watching the next Mayo game either now until we get Oshin back and I think all Mayo fans all the 16th men including Robbie Henley need to avoid the Mayo panel from now on and he's doing a great job I rang him in November and I said you're not going near that panel now until Oshin's back let's try and get the rest of the 16th men the crowd boycott Mayo football until Oshin's back and they'll have to do something about it it's an absolute disgrace, but Australia's loss is indeed Mayo's gain, folks, and I think it's absolutely unbelievable. I'm sure you're echoing the sentiments of me here down at home or wherever you are at the moment. It's great to have, you know, this wealth of experience and knowledge that Patsy Broderick has had. There's there's young lads listening to this podcast here, guys, this evening who weren't alive back when Patsy Broderick was on here giving his nuggets of information to Mayo Inbreds. And we probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. So it's great to have him back with us. It's unfortunate, all right, you know, we did spend a lot of money to send Patsy down to Geelong to try and get Oshin Mullen back. And it's, you know, it, it, it's very it's very sad, I think, you know, we're watching him there playing in the AFL and we, we'd love to have him, particularly when you look at the massive fucking hole that's in the middle of the Mayo half-back line at the moment. Uh, we're going to delve very deep later on now and discuss who we think should be the man to plug that hole. And uh, we'll get into that now in a while. There's a few big talking points, though, from the, lad, the game the last day, lads. And I think the first one undoubtedly is the grassroots which are a disgrace what has been done to those grassroots I think disgrace is possibly not even the correct word Fat Larry if I may suggest that it was an absolute disgrace the way that that pitch looked the last day it was closer now to to Kim Bay or Bertra or Old Head for the amount of sand that was on it and I have it under a very reliable source that the pitch was spray painted green the last day mm. spray painted to try and put out you know a little certain you know that it would look a little better for the television lights and all the rest of it it turns out I think that that was just the green and red mist had actually descended on McHale Park and there was a bit of a dusting of it covering the pitch after the game because now I wasn't there myself uh, lads but I'm sitting here with the with the Mayo News in front of me and some of the, the the fashion and headwear that was on display in McHale Park the last day is absolutely fabulous. There are some inbreds here on page 8 of the Mayo News. Uh, if you have it at home there, have a look at it. There's two books down the bottom left corner who are very unwell here. I won't name them. You can see them for yourself. But um, 
you know, I think the the, the grassroots, our, our chairman, Seamus Tuhi, uh, did come out and defended the grassroots after the game. And I think he did a very good job. Uh, so hopefully now there'll be more grassroots in the future. Um, but yeah, uh, another one was the disgraceful crowd. I know I wasn't there myself to contribute to that number, but there was absolutely nobody there the last day guys what do we think of that well to speak on both the crowd i think you raise an interesting point there to speak on both the crowd and the grassroots they're intertwined in a way because i I, let me tell you something our grassroots are the way they are because the mayo county board can't afford to be doing up the pitch anymore Mm. they can afford they could last year and they did a fine job but what's happening now is, and you can see here from the pictures now that we're looking at here, do any of those p- players, bar the goalkeepers, have gloves on them? No. Exactly. So what's the county board spending all their money on? Gloves for the players. And I'll tell you why they're spending money on the gloves for the players. Because all the inbreds are coming onto the pitch, taking their gloves off them. Demanding these, them. These are amateur footballers. And I, I don't like this, oh, can I have your glove? But sure, who who was to replace the gloves? The county board. Look at Portrick O'Hara down in uh, Kerry. We won the game and still he was giving away his gloves to a little little Kerry laddings. Now, I tell you, I'm all for getting a pair of those gloves myself. If I had them, I don't know what I would start to manifest myself mm. with. If if I did have maybe we'd say Tommy Comroy's gloves after a match-worn gloves, I wouldn't mind slipping them on mm. and slipping them around. You know what? Well, if you have the Mayo News, guys, if you go to page five, you'll see there's a young inbred fan doing demanding gloves off Tommy Connery after the game and there's if you look at the side of his face it looks like it kind of looks like one of the Mayo inbreds has manifested themselves on it it's, there's, there's a big mark on the side of his face I think that's uh, that there's there's sentiments all over his cheek there he looks like the result of a mad Mayo doctor performing sort of a Frankenstein's monster where you take the body parts of the most beautiful Mayo players and kind of collaborate them all into one massive head that's the way his face has been mm. mashed up such was the force he he went full frontal into the post the last day and I like to see that little bit of recklessness from those Mayo players playing with a sort of reckless abandonmentness mm. when they just when they take on the man the ball the goal they'll even take on the post on the day they won't, there's no penetration at the minute and you see what's happening is we have better penetra- penetration we have better penetration when we're gloved or even double gloved this Mayo team has no gloves and they're too afraid to penetrate because it's not safe. To wrap it up, lads, there's no doubt about it. Particularly, you know, it's grand with this kind of, the, these non-knockout games now, there's a lot of chances, but when the knockout football comes, I think, if they don't have their gloves on, we're going to be in a huge amount of trouble. But I, I suppose at this stage, lads, you know, it's it's probably best that we say thank you very much to ourselves for being here and for mm. taking the time mm. to, to come on the podcast this evening. Uh, thanks to Patsy Broderick, of course, and, and thanks to myself too. Uh, and as we approach the end of the introduction of the podcast now this evening um, I suppose it's it's fair to say guys that you know Mayo are back you could say you know that's why we're here we're we're two wins from two Um, I suppose if we want to get into the meat and two veg of the game now um, lads I know I wasn't at the game myself TJ you were there uh, have you anything have you any uh, monologue for us possibly where you could maybe uh, touch on the game itself um, it was a uh, it was an exciting one, very high scoring. Oh, it was fabulous, frenetic, fantastic. There was a, a lot of fisting throughout the game. But one thing I will say that I was a little bit disappointed about was just the little bit of style. They, they nearly blew it. They nearly they nearly blew their load, as it were, coming down the final stretch of that game. And that's where I like to see my Mayo teams. You know, a Mayo team that's losing by four or five points, they'll always come back. 
But a Mayo team who are winning by four or five points, they'll always nearly fuck it away. And to say that I've been seen better atmosphere at a funeral, it reminded me of one of your analogies, Fat Larry. I see you're heavily notepadded today. You've come with uh, such a wealth of knowledge and experience and resources. I'm just going to flick the pages here for the listeners. If you just want to refer just, to your notes for a moment. Just to prove to the listeners that I am indeed at this point going to... Uh, uh, refer to my notes I was listening to the game lads uh, on Midwest the last day and one thing I noticed was the way Manifest Kearney uh, used such a a wider range of uh, literary devices I believe you call them his use his use of assonance and simile and metaphor on the radio was absolutely first class as you said at the top of the podcast TJ he referred to Aidan O'Shea as being like an octopus on speed um, and of course he also referred to the game as an orgy of fisting which on both accounts you would have to say that he's very accurate I mean he's not the only Mayo player I'm sure who's addicted to speed um, but that's neither here nor there so with that in mind I took the time out of my as you would say uh, TJ my increasingly busy schedule to come up with a few analogies of my own because one thing I liked about uh, uh, Martin Kearney's use of similes was the fact that some of them didn't make an awful lot of sense so with that in mind, I would like to go as far as to say, folks, that the game the last day was as entertaining as opening a can of sweet corn in a slatted house. I, I, I think that one is fairly good, fairly inaccurate, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also like to go as far as to say as Cullum Reap had as much variety in his kickouts as a box of roses before they went to fuck. And I think there's listeners out there who will definitely um, echo my sentiments there. Uh, loud and clear. Um, speaking of Cullum Reap, I was finding it hard, guys, you know, to, to pick our man of the match from the game the last day now. Did anyone stand out to you, Patsy? Someone who played particularly well. I thought Cullum Reap did very well. He got he hit his man all of the time with the kick out and none of the Mayo players were being marked. So it was a very hard job he had to do, there was no doubt. Did anyone else stand out for you now? Did anyone else get you hard? I thought Sam Cardiman was quite was quite well there in the cornerback position. He's doing a great job there now standing in for the injured Rory Bricking it in them. Um <laughs> Very warm, guys. This warm spell of weather that we're having. Sorry, Patsy, I shouldn't have cut across you there. Not at all. I'd, yeah, I just thought he was absolutely immense. And, um, yeah, even with the, the long, growing injury list we have, as long as my left arm at this stage now, um, speedy recovery to bricking a dim dim. But, um, a guy yeah. who's doing well, guys, as well. I know, TJ, he's a good friend of yours. Dick McHugh. Um, from Castlebar Mitchells, uh, a surprise to some, you know, he, he was a he was definitely an unused kind of player last year. I know he had a great run in the league under James Horn, but he's getting a lot of Mayo supporters quite hard now at the minute because he seems to be, you know, going about his business in a nice, quiet way. But you could argue that this guy is is. Whatever about Oshin Mullingone, this guy is kind of fabulous in his own way too. No, Fat Larry, no surprise to me whatsoever when I see the performances this guy is playing with and the sort of reckless abandonment that he has when he's coming out with that ball. I've been watching him on the come up for many's and many's a year. I remember seeing him playing with himself when he was only a mere boy. And I knew at that stage that he was destined for greatness or at least to get on the Mayo team. And here he is now. He's playing just out of his skins at the moment. But it would be remissive of us not to mention our big Billionaire fullback Dennis McBride, mm. along with his uh, his rich buddy there in the corner, Jackie Cash. They both showed uh, a license for attack the last day, but I don't know. It, it's it's hard for me to be too positive on the game now because let's not praise a fish for swimming, lads. Let's mm. not um, call this spade a shovel or any other in- instrument for that matter. They were absolutely shite. 
And such is the nature of supporting this Mayo team and podcasting this season. We come in one week glowing, full of positivity, full of beans. We come back the following week absolutely disgusted and distraught. And it reminded me of a few gentlemen who I was sitting with in the stand, in the centre of the stand last weekend. Now, they they were settled men. I'd say they weren't always settled. I'd say they were recently settled. But they were disgusted with Mayo and the way they were playing when around with that ball and fiddling around with themselves in the middle of the field. Tippy-tappy stuff that was going on. They were absolutely sickened. They wanted to see more high balls, more long balls and more aimless balls going in on top of our key talisman, our marksman audio Shea. There was none of that the last day. Mm. It was a Mayo team that played without jizz, balls, spunk and brains. And I think Kevin McStain, when he gets home into Roscommon Town and he parks his Beamer in the driveway, he'd want to go in and look at himself in the long view mirror and take off those glasses and maybe have a good long look at himself under the microscope and ask himself, what the fuck is he doing with this team? Yeah. Because if things don't improve for this court game, I'll be calling for him to get my sack. The, yeah. the sack. The sack, yeah. There's a lot of young single players on this Mayo team, uh, guys. And, you know, it'll be, an, you know, it's kind of, they're playing like a team of young single fellas, really, aren't they? Like, they seem to have a not, they seem to have far too much time on their hands. Mm. They seem to be spending far too much time with their own balls in their hand. And there doesn't seem to be as much kind of get up and go about them. You know, you'd fashion, you know, we we're kind of saying, we've, we've always said here, you know, when the, the way o the, the, the way old ma- WAG team, the WAG team, when that team is going strong, the Mayo team are going well on the field. So what I would kind of be sort of suggesting now, you know, over the next couple of weeks is I, I'm going to call out now the Mayo WAGs personally. Oof. And I'm going to tell them that they themselves need to pull their finger out as well. Um, and they need to kind of, you know... I suppose if you think of a, 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 a man who's at home and he's being nagged by the wife the whole time and he's, there's constantly jobs for him to be doing but he's kind of on the go the whole time and he hasn't a minute's peace. Now that's the kind of attitude this Mayo team need to go out with against Cork. They need to stop this kind of fannying around, you know, f- you know, fucking sitting back and, you know, kind of waiting for the game to start. And they need to kind of go out, as you said, TJ, with their kind of fists flying and they need to start doing a lot more kind of fisting. Like, I would say, you know, when was the last time a Mayo player got sent off? You know, when was the last time a Mayo player went out and fisted one of the opponents? I it's, it's a long time, lads. You know, Lee McHale on the sideline there now, he, he used to be a great man for fisting fellas and, uh, you know, kind of ruining All-Ireland finals for us and whatnot. But I'd like to see a bit of that coming back into it now. I think what you're alluding to there, Fat Larry, is what we're lacking is that little bit of that little bit of experience, possibly around the engine room. Like, we have all these young, fabulous, gorgeous footballers coming through, playing... And who should be full of spunk. Playing a swashbuckling, jizzworthy style of football. But we're certainly lacking a sort of a 42 or 43-year-old, totally bald midfielder. Mm. Maybe who a fellow who's been married since he was 19, maybe has three or four children a already. Battle-axe. A battle-axe warlord around the middle. We've had those as a mainstays in the Mayo team over the last... 50 odd years now I know we've won nothing with them but we've also won nothing without them so I'd be calling for either a shave the head approach maybe Lee McHale pulling the jersey back on again Shane Fitzmaurice or one of the other Fitzmaurice Mm. brothers who who decked themselves out in midfield for many's a fabulous year that's what I'd be looking for now in terms of personnel changes now going out the next day 
Yeah, and definitely uh, this, the approach of, you know, we, we, we definitely, as you said, TJ, miss that fielder, midfielder who has no interest in ever catching a kick out, that he approaches all of the balls with a closed fist and he's going to smash everything that comes into sight. And if that means smashing an opponent or a referee or whatever the case might be, all the better. It would know? remind me, Faclari, of yourself in your younger days in the broken jug in Ballina. Fist yeah. everything that moves. Yeah, and look where that got me. Look where it's taken me now. Um. You know, it's it's uh, there's definitely room to, to 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 improve now, and and I can, you know, I can safely say from looking at the uh, the, the the Instagram Q and A that we we posted earlier, there's a lot of there's a lot of feverish inbreds out there. Mm. There's a lot of people who are a little bit unsettled. I don't know whether it's the warm spell of weather we're having now, or uh, maybe too too little ice in their bulmers or something like that. But the 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 Instagram has been hopping. So what I think we might do at this stage as we approach the 19 minute and 51st second of the podcast that we might take a short little break now because I believe TJ we may or may not have a nice little a nice little treat for the inbreds a nice another little mayo jingle yes there's a new little musical interlude coming in uh, we haven't heard it whatsoever it's going to be fresh off the press it's come in from uh, Nancy O'Malley she's from Bunny Colon She's a firm fan of the page. She's been a long time listener, but it was her first time to get uh, in touch with ourselves. And she sent us on this wonderful little clip. Uh, we don't know what it is, but we'll just have to uh, we'll just have to give it a whirl. And hopefully you like it, Inbreds. He has no place in our game. Dimpsey hits Gavin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in just to finish him off a little bit and, and gives him a touch of the elbow. Here, John Casey jumping in to readjust John McDermott's head a little bit. The entire county of Meath seemed to come on top of him, and the poor man got an awful killing in this in this incident. You know, a couple of great examples of of, of uh, slow waltzes and whatever like that. He exercises his right leg a little bit here, stretching up as well. He'd, he'd make Michael flatly eat his hat up because this is a wonderful high leg action here. He's watching Noel Keneally hitting Trevor Giles. Liam McHale was unlucky that he turned around and was caught. It was a disgraceful scene and somebody had to walk. Noel Keneally. Welcome back, folks. As we said, not a clue what that music was, but I hope you liked it. And if you find yourself with a lot of time in your hands and possibly nothing better for doing, maybe you could make a little track and send it to the Mayo Are Back Instagram page. That's at Mayo Are Back, taking over the head waves for the rest of the 2023 season. And TJ, I suppose the beauty of it there now is that we have these kind of inbreds now who are coming from... You know, we, we do get these voice recordings and, and audio beds sent in from Moigauna and uh, Kilfine and Lacken and places like that. And the, I suppose the nice thing about it is that these people are very good at making uh, these audio beds, but none of them can talk. So we don't actually know what's on them until they're sent into us or until we actually put them into the podcast, which is, you know, it, it, it kind of adds to that little bit of spice as well, which I think our listeners should definitely appreciate. And as the internet makes it to places such as Arda and Moigauna, you know, it's it's great to be right at the forefront of that and to really have our 
Some would say fingers on the pulse, but I suppose in more realistic terms, we have our fingers up the arse of the Mayo public. Now, a little joke for you gentlemen before we proceed with our Q&A. An inbred, a half-bake and a not-well walk into a bar. The barman says, Ah, oh, it's Mayo, we're back. Are you going to make it a podcast, lads? Yes, indeed we are. And here we are over halfway through this podcast. And now it's time to turn the focus away from the deluded inbreds in the studio to you, the even more deluded inbreds who listen at home, giving up your own free time for this nonsense. Quite phenomenal. Up Mayo is the first question that comes in, as always, and that is great to see. And honestly, I'm disappointed with ourselves. We haven't said it so far in the podcast today. Up Mayo at this venture and always an Up Mayo sort of approach uh, Mm. from us and from the fans is very much appreciated. Now we get some of the nastier texts out of the way. We've got a young man called Patrick. He's wondering, should Kevin McGo after that horrendous performance at the weekend? What do you think? I think TJ, it's uh, it, it might be a little bit, uh, it might be a little bit hasty. Um, you know, I suppose what what he doesn't offer us in a, you know, in a kind of a, a footballing sense. I'm looking at photos of him here the last day of the game, and I mean, we've said it before here, but those kick rimmed glasses, um, I think are just, you know, they're very very cute, and I, and I would certainly like to see them on the sideline for a little bit longer. He's here in the the Mayo News remonstrating with an official, and. For that, TJ, I, you know, I, I'm kind of happy to see. You know, I'd like him to be a little bit more inbred now and be a little I bit saw feistier. That. I saw that Fat Larry in real time and it was fabulous. A score was kicked that was clearly wide, two or three metres wide. Kevin McShay remonstrated with the fourth official, the third official, the second official, even the ref got an ear bashing from him. And you can see the impression on his face there. He is riled, right riled up and ready to go. It was a cheek tough tigerish display from our manger in this instance. Hmm. Now, as I said, he was totally deluded. It was was a mile wide but it was the type of sort of shite acting and the sort of hijinks that you'd get yeah. maybe at a junior C equation yeah and I think now we, we were praising him back at the start of the year alright now but I'd say he's probably spent enough time up Aidan O'Shea's hole at this stage like you look at Aidan the last day like little did we think at the start of the year Aidan would be swinging over 6-7 points a game left footed taking freeze and everything you know that I'm sure that wouldn't be the case um, if if McStay hadn't been manager, but I I hope now over the next couple of weeks he get his chance. He, he gets the chance to maybe stick his head up the arse of a few other Mayo players and have a good route around, stick the hand up and see what's happening there, and maybe um pull the right wires and maybe we might see a better performance out of a few lads maybe against Cork now in a couple of weeks time yeah there was a couple of them last weekend Fat Larry I have no problem saying it they seem to be pulling their own wire possibly the night before the game I think if Kevin McShay is really serious about this job he'll be instructing his players to not do that going forward now speaking on that particular topic Donal is a worried Mayo fan he's very concerned as we all are here around the round table. He's wondering how many pairs of Mayo jocks will he need to survive until July 30th, the big day, as it were. To that, I'd say, Donal, you know, each inbred is different themselves. I myself have been going through them at a rate of knots. You know, they'd be up there with the bedsheets, really. There'd be a, a sort of a, a symbiotic relationship to the, to the Mayo bedspread. If you're changing the bedspread, you should be throwing the jocks out. You need probably one per game, in my opinion, and then an extra for each game, and just in case you shit yourself in around the 65th minute. I love those. I must say, one of my favourite pairs of jocks when I was a young fellow was Joe, one of those 
do you remember them? The big dirty green mayo jocks. So they're big and awful loose fitting and they'd be shocking to wear on a warm day. Like they were just, they'd absolutely stick to you. Um, but definitely, I think, I, I've, I, I definitely find in the last while now that the mayo, the old mayo bed sheets are a lot nicer. You know, there's a better quality in them, whatever material they're using. Um, and definitely it'd be something that, you know, possibly over the summer, TJ, we, you know, might maybe run a bit of a competition maybe and raffle off maybe uh, a set of mayo, uh, mayo bed sheets. Possibly. Yeah, well, I have plenty of sets that I'm trying to get rid of by hook or by crook. So if you're interested in picking up those, you could possibly get in touch with the page. That's one for the May only fans, I think. Now, moving on to very pressing matters, it would be remissive of us not to allude to the upcoming game against Cork, which is due to take place in the Gaelic grounds of Limerick, which is, I mean, a quite a controversial location for this game. I know we called it a few weeks ago that it would be there. The GEA just confirmed yesterday. I suppose it brings back mixed bag, a mixed onion bag of memories for me when you think back to times gone by. We've had good days there against Galway a couple of years ago. We bet Cork the year before that. But I suppose the, the, the message on everybody's lips or the, the most important game that was ever played down there was the 2014 clash with Kerry. Yeah. I actually had a very funny encounter a couple of weeks ago, guys, where I actually... It, it, you know, there, there was a very fo- famous photo doing the rounds of myself following that game where I got myself into a little bit of hot water for attacking a member of Angarda Siakana uh, after the game. I, I had... Uh, I was going to have a go at Cormac Riley and I got intercepted. But I actually, I met the uh, I met the daughter of, a, of one of the guards that I had uh, a bit of fisticuffs with that day recently at a, at, a, at a private function that I was attending in my capacity as a Mayo inbred. And I must say it was great, you know, it kind of sort of drew the line under the whole equation. And um, yeah, I definitely feel like I am... I'm ready now to go back to Limerick. I haven't been back since 2014, but I definitely felt that that particular encounter, um, you know, uh, has definitely earthed me a small bit. Now, I don't know if I have time yet to go down to the match in Limerick, but I have. To, if I have time, I'll, I'll definitely consider going anyways. You raise a good point there in terms of PTID, which is post-traumatic inbred disorder. It's something that we may all suffer from on the day. So this goes out as a general warning. Please do not assault match officials on the day of the game. The recommendation would be wait until club championship and when your county hero is playing with their club and you can assault them Get after them the then. game. Get yeah, them yeah. then, definitely. Look, can I just be the first to, to just say, wow, what a fabulous equation it is to have you know the the nuanced opinions of Patrick Broderick back in the room this afternoon as well as my old my old um, my old comrade Fat Larry who is literally folks chomping at his bits this afternoon mm-hmm. on today's podcast such is the level of fever that still persists within this group despite such a shad showing at the pitch the last day it's been absolutely a wonderful equation has, today definitely. now what's your thoughts on Creep's lovely red shorts that's Cormac Reap I think and if I may digress for a moment, we'll, we'll steer clear of the shorts for a moment. I just want to come out and I suppose roundly criticise the netminder Cormac Creep, who's had a simply stunning season so far. That ended uh, the last day against Louth. I thought at times he was in no man's land. He should have been in home wear. 
and he was down at seed and soil. He he didn't really know where he was going. When you look at some of the, the kick outs and the chip outs and the free kick shooting, he he seemed to have only brought his, his pitching wedge with him. Mm. And on a couple of occasions, I think he should have taken the three iron. And we have in the past come out and praised him for his, I suppose, his tremendous way with people and the way he moves so seamlessly between the aisles and archers. But I think on the pitch the last day, he was exposed in a big-time way. There was many times where an 85-year-old woman called Margaret would be looking for his assistance down by the wheelbarrows, but he simply found himself arsing around near the, the cashier's desk. And I think that's something that video analysis will help him with, listening to this podcast will help him with. And I suppose we're only coming out and speaking on this because... We feel so strongly about it. He's such a great, great talent and such a great onion bag minder for this Mayo team. But I just want to see a little bit more from him in the future. I think uh, it's a pity that we didn't have coloured shorts for our Mayo goalkeepers over the last couple of years. Um, wearing a pair of red shorts so that we wouldn't be able, you know, I suppose, when, when goalkeepers might have been shitting themselves. Um, on big days up in Crow Park so definitely um, it's great to see that you know the goalkeeper's rights are being put uh, put first uh, you know Colin Reeve is an exceptional an exceptional uh, Gale guy I think it's fair to say I'm sitting here looking at the Mayo News and not only is he goalkeeper bag sack minder for the Mayo senior football team he's also the manager of the the Mayo LGFA under 14 team who are um, going to be playing an, an, an All-Ireland final uh, this Saturday now against Cork, no, uh, you know, none other than Cork, a, a team who will be playing, um, in the man's football the following week, um, and we, I suppose, we've always done this podcast here. You know, we're we're massively into games promotion here and promoting Mayo GA in a positive light, mm-hmm. uh, which is why we're here. So it's not just about the Mayo senior team, folks. It's also about the um, the underage teams as well. So we would like to take this opportunity now to wish them the very best of luck. And to wish Mayo goalkeeper Colin Reap and all of his management team um, all the best in that one. It's great to see that team guys are actually managed by uh, a woman, which I think is very, very important. You know, it's great to see that the women's teams aren't being looked after by a big management team of men. It's nice to see the men not shouting at the women for a change. Yeah, that fluidity from men to women and, you know, sort of... A gender fluid, a non-binary approach by this Mayo team, I think, is the key going forward in this season. And just on one element in terms of how they're looking at the moment, we've been hit badly with a couple of big losses this season. You're talking about one of the most gorgeous footballers to ever play the game, Oshin Mulligan, he's gone. You're talking about, look, we still have him, but he's a shadow of himself, Podrick O'Hora, with that kind of crazy frosted tipped faux hawk that he's rocking at the moment he doesn't quite seem to me to be the same footballer he was 12 months ago thankfully one man has stepped up to the mark Sam O'Callaghan that is a gorgeous a glowing mullet that he's rocking at the moment yes. and I think more Mayo players should be encouraged by that that sort of um, the days of the, the tight skinny championship fade are gone my friends it's the longer the hair business at the front party at the back you know, business would be booming in the rear. That kind of attitude right from the get-go is the season goes on and whatever way that manifests yourself on the day. Yeah. One of our, I suppose, one of the very well-read fans and listeners to this podcast is in touch with an important question. Do we need to see more cousins having sex to see Mayo progress, especially in North Mayo regions? I believe so, yeah. I think uh, we don't have as many... 
we don't have as many inbreds in our team as uh, we might have had in years gone by. I suppose we've got Colin Reap playing in goal, which is good. From he's from Knockmore, but then we kind of have a load of inbreds from around Ballina playing in. Ah, uh, there are more kind of townies. I'd say you know you're you'd be crying out for a few inbreds now from from maybe places like Ballycastle, uh, Kilfine, maybe even Kalala. You know, it's been a long time since we saw a Kalala man playing for the Mayo team. And to answer your question, TJ, um, last weekend Kilcommon won the the Camorthus Pell and the Gael Tukta, if my if my Gael gets up to scratch. And it'll be fair to say that they might well be one of the most inbred collection of men you've ever seen in your life. I'm looking at a photo of them here and there is there's actually there's twenty five players in the squad and they're all they all have the same three surnames. That's how that's how inbred that team is, and we would also like to extend the hand of congratulation to those guys on winning that um, All Ireland title as well. Absolutely, you can see in the faces of them, Fat Larry. There's joy, there's pleasure, there's a real similarity there, where they all look the exact same, and that's one of the beauties of having such a tight, tight, tight gene pool like we have down here in County Mayo. Kilcommon were always able to penetrate. No, they were, and they penetrated hard up in Donegal last weekend in that in that particular game, uh, and we're absolutely delighted for them. I think it's a uh, it's 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 a glowing indict. It's a glowing um. What's the word I should use? It's it you know it 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 would definitely highlight as you said, uh, TJ, the need to you know keep the gene pool tight, keep things nice and tight, and you know um yeah. Speaking of keeping things yeah. tight, Mickey Joe Fart, his main management of this Tyrone, I mean Louth team, I beg your pardon, this Louth team last weekend, you know, Mickey Joe Fart sang at the Eurovision in 2004, We've Got the World Tonight. But if we was to come out with a Eurovision song this season, it would be, We've Got 15 Men Behind the Ball for the entire game this afternoon. And I just think it was disgusting, it was disgraceful, it was downright deplorable. But I think if anyone is interested in beating Mayo in the championship this season, that's exactly the way they should do it. And this Mayo team, they'll be going back to the drawing board. They'll be going, wiping the chalk off the chalkboard. Kevin McStay said last week, go out and give them hell. They'll have to wipe all that off and they'll have to come up with a little bit of a plan B. Something with a little bit more tactical ruance. Something that exposes the defence in a little bit more of a penetrative way. I mean, Conor Loftus and Stephen Cohn, they could run over and back the pitch all day long. They could do it all day long. But what we need now is someone who's going to run up and down the pitch yeah. in a more sort of... A linear fashion. A linear style, horizontally, Vertical. or whichever which way you're looking at whichever it. Whichever way you're standing, I suppose. A goal-to-goal approach where we've criticised this Mayo team. We've often been critical of them, they, that they, they played too much football in the early part of the year. They were too good. And that's coming back to eat us, eat us out of our asses Bite now at this stage. Ass. Yeah, exactly. Whereas we just need to, I don't know, a root of branch approach. You know the way Seamus Toohey is going to go in with the, the combine harvester and dig up the pitch this week? I think Kevin McShay should do the same thing to the Mayo boys in training this week. He should go in and root and branch, tear out the weeds and rip the shite out of them yeah. right up until this court game. Absolutely. I think this sort of uh, nuanced argument could definitely you know, find, have a place in a, in a Mayo team room. Um, I suppose... If I'm trying to put myself into Liam McHale's shoes and Stephen Rochford's shoes and Donny Buckley's shoes now at the moment, I'd say they'd be kind of fashioning that Mayo performance. It's like a load of uh, teenage boys and girls trying to get into an overage disco. Um, remember back when you used to be too young to get in and then what you'd always need is that one header to kind of make a beeline for the security man at the door and, mm. and burst down the door mantra 
and just go straight in and go straight for the back where the security guards couldn't find them. And then that would kind of open the hole then, you know, when you, when the security man was burst and one lad is down on the ground, then it would kind of allow a flood of young lads to get in behind them and that would kind of open them up. And I think that was kind of what Mayo were missing now at the last day. We were missing kind of a, a big bullock of a young fella um, to maybe, you know, put the head down and, and plough plow on. You know, we used to have it, you know, Barry Moran used to do it. Um, Donald Vaughan put the head down and ploughed into John Small a few years ago as well, which which worked out great. You know, I think that's what we're kind of looking for now. This nicey-nicey approach from Mayo now, guys, is uh, I think we've seen enough of it now. We're getting into the real stuff now. You know, we're playing Cork. Uh, it's, it's knockout football from here on in. So I think Mayo are going to have to pull their fingers out uh, and, and just kind of get their head right now over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, eagle-eared listeners to the podcast will have noticed us come in with a new tone this afternoon. We've been playing it pretty nicey-nicey ourselves so far this season because the Mayo team have been rewarding us on the pitch with some good displays. But after that absolute shit show last weekend, we've come out with a swashbuckling podcast this afternoon, which we hope will resonate with the Mayo players. It'll allow themselves time to readdress themselves, reinsert themselves. And by the time we see them next weekend against Cork, I think it's going to be a very different style of play. We're going to be a lot more forceful with it. We're not going to take no for an answer, and we're not going to um, we're not going to we're not going to ask them afterwards how was that for you. We're just going to go straight for it again in the second half. Yeah, we're very hopeful now. You know, Mayo will go down and, and give a big how do to Cork um in, in next next Sunday. We're not going to preview the game because, as you know well, uh, it's not something that we like to do here or tend to do too often because really and truly we haven't a clue ourselves what's going to happen. Um, but I suppose we would say to the to the listeners there now to you know get out and get out in large numbers. Um, you know, try and have a bit more of a. Uh, a better attendance maybe than we had last weekend uh, personally I don't know if I'll be going to the game myself guys I'm oh. not sure Patsy if you'll be attending yourself but you know um, if you are going and if you are arsed going which is always the, the key the key point uh, make sure you bring that do 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 uh, style approach and, and you know really get behind the team because then you know that the big games will start then and the likes of myself will be going up to Crow Park then and all will be well then so just give it your best now we know what's going to make the difference. It's going to be the hijinks and the how-do from the Mayo sideline, from all the stands, from all the fans throughout the stands, from number one right up to number 27, 28, mm. 29,000, however many Mayo inbreds you can pack in on the day. It's all in your hands, folks. So channel that Mayo inbred energy. Get yourself decked out in a sombrero, preferably. Mm-hmm. Um, little Mayo wristbandings and little necklaces and all the rest of it. And a red shoe and a green shoe often goes a long way. And look, we better pay special homage to, I suppose, what you'd describe as a Mayo supervan at this uh, venture. The young man who's wearing the shoot the load Mayo waistcoat. I've seen him at a couple of games now recently. I haven't got to have a little chin wag with him yet by all accounts. But he is just a stunning, fabulous, gorgeous guy. And his approach to supporting Mayo games is exactly what I want to see from the inbred fans. More penetration. Bring your cousin. You'll have a great day out. Up Mayo. Patsy Broderick, thank you for that. It was so good to have you back in the room again this afternoon. Fat Larry, and I should I would be remiss of me not to say a very big thank you to you as well, because I know how I suppose valuable your time is and to have you here at this venture is just honestly it's an honour and a privilege to do what we do for the good of the county of Wayo. 
and for you, the fans? My schedule, TJ, is always very, very full, but I always feel like that we leave the County Mayo in a better place every time we finish a podcast here and give it out to the listeners. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy the good weather, folks, as TJ was saying. Make sure you bring a lot of sombreros uh, to the game and wear them about your business over the next couple of weeks as well. Um, we didn't see any on the sideline, which I was disappointed about, but we could possibly have some in the stands and really bring it now the next day and and hopefully that will get us into an All-Ireland Sweet 16 uh, quarter-final stage then uh, the, a couple of weeks after that. It's very exciting times, guys. You know, it was, uh, some might say this tonight's podcast was possibly a little bit controversial. Maybe we shot from the hip maybe a little bit too much. We will greatly look forward to your feedback. I would also like to take this opportunity to personally thank Patsy, not just for being with us here, but for also... Uh, allowing us to send him off to Australia for nine months of his life um, and to try and get Oisín Mullen back. It's a shame he didn't manage to do it, but he's back now and we'll no doubt we'll, we'll find a new job for him or a new corner of the world to send him to in the not-too-distant future. So thank you, Patsy. It was my absolute pleasure and it's great to be back. Mayo do do do. This is the king here from Badahounas. You know we are the best. This year, the Windy All Ireland. Oh, let it come back a home in the west of Ireland.